Hello, welcome everyone to the spotlight here on Fightful.com. I'm Jeremy Lambert, joined as always by Passion, Drive, and Patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Steven Jensen. Jensen, how you doing, buddy? You're, you're, you're cooler now. I should have started the show when you were changing into shorts. Get people a view. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, maybe that'll pop pop the rating a little bit, or or lost our entire viewership. I'm not sure. Yeah, and when I when I sleep, I like to I like to be really cold. So like I, I get my and it's like really hot outside, you know, right now. So it's one of those things where like I've been like changing throughout the day and stuff a lot because like I'll wake up, be like really cold because of my AC. Wear like put on like a hoodie and in like sweatpants, and then within like minutes, I'm like. In like a tank top and shorts i'm like oh man it's too it's too hot now today now that it's warming up um but yeah i'm, I'm happy to be here now you said you had some surprises and stuff today too I which do. i legitimately have no idea what that is so um, i'll get to those get to those shortly it's throughout the show it's throughout the show once yeah. the, once the first one happens you'll kind of see where everything's going but uh yeah i i i, I increase the production values a little bit on mm. the show is basically what has happened? So I just sleep in yeah. gym pants or pajama pants, or if the kids aren't around, I sleep in nothing. That's what I do. Stephen Jensen. Well, Free that's ball you know. I'll sleep in. Well, I mean, if we if we want to go there, that's the pretty much <laughs> the only way I can sleep. Like I like if I'm wearing clothes at this point and and I try to fall asleep, I get uncomfortable. So yeah, I've uh, I sleep in nothing. So anyways, <laughs> let's talk about other stuff, I guess. That's I mean, the important you know, stuff on this yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, That's I mean, the important maybe. stuff. Let us as know people, what you sleep in, everybody. As people trickle in for the show. Yeah, what do you sleep in? You sleep in uh, pajamas? You sleep in just like regular clothes? Or, you know, you sleep in nothing? Let's, 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 get, the, let's get that in the chat. You want to send super chats and let us know? And we should put up, a, put up on, on the screen and uh, yeah. let everybody know what you sleep in. <laughs> that, like, if you're not sleeping in nothing, you can't sleep with me. <laughs> well see yeah kai yep kai's with us see yeah. that's how you got to do it kai you could sleep with me buddy we'll there sleep naked together yeah yeah we'll talk about just sleeping naked there we go uh as we appreciate you joining us uh it's been a, it's been a week in the world of wrestling i think 
I think it's been a week. It hasn't been like the, the most absurd week ever. Like it was a few weeks ago, but there's stuff to talk about. Where do you want to start, Jensen? You want to start AEW or WWE? I'll leave it up to you. Well, I mean, I'm most excited to talk about the 4th of July, but I, but well, we will get to that. We can start, we can start with wrestling talk. Although I would make the argument that our 4th of July conversation is basically about a professional wrestler and actually included True. some professional wrestlers. Um, but, sure. um, but no, let's start, let's start on AEW, man. Let's start on Wardlow winning the TNG title. All right. We're going to start with our AEW spotlight. Uh, over a million fans uh, and a great number in the demo tuned in. And it was a great show. And I think it's been a run of great shows. Production, Steven Dude, Jensen. That's great. And so is, Tony, is, is, is TK cool with this? Or are you about to get kicked off I the don't air? Know, probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll probably get, get uh, banned from the air for using a Tony Khan clip. Uh, <laughs> we hopefully. love you, Tony. I'm not even being ironic. Like, I love Tony Khan. Like, I, he is my favorite pro wrestling promoter that I, like, I've ever seen. Like, I, so if you you see this Tony, then we... Uh, we we appreciate being able to use a couple clips here and there. So it was it was a great show. It's just audio. I think we'll be fine yeah, with audio. We're, we're not right. showing any video or anything. People have played clips from interviews before. Yeah. Before. No, I think we'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Wardlow. <laughs> that, I mean, dude, he how over is he, man? I mean, I mean, we already knew, but last night that was that was impressive. Like even knowing how over he was, and even knowing that you know. I figured it was very likely that he was going to beat Scorpio Sky for the TNT title. Yeah, I spoiled they... it for you. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, no, I mean, even going into the show, I was like, Morlo's going to win the title. Like, I wasn't, I, I just didn't know they were opening the show with it. So I, I wasn't able to start watching until probably right after it happened. And I went back and, and checked it out. But um, they made Scorpio Sky look pretty good as far as like not getting completely squashed. There was a couple spots where it looked like he might get it, especially when he hit him with the title and stuff. And, uh, but the crowd was so into it, like especially from the time that Wardlow hit that swanton and everyone was just going nuts. Like the crowd pops and everyone's standing up and everyone's pretty much ready for the finish at that point. And then he takes out all the ATT guys and starts hitting the powerbomb symphony and good for Wardlow. I mean, and I think this is also <clears throat> a big reason why they've created the all Atlantic championship because Wardlow as TNT champion, will probably squash a lot of people. He'll probably have some back and forth matches too, and he'll continue to progress, but um, then you have Pack with that other title that can be kind of like the workhorse, like five star match type title. Whereas Wardlow maybe you know might just power bomb a whole bunch of people and then occasionally have like a, a back and forth match or something for the TNT title. It looks like it's all leading to Wardlow versus CM Punk. I mean that's kind of what Wardlow's been saying. So um, I, I I thought it was really well done last night. What do you think? I think Wardlow is going to get a, a lengthy title run with this thing, and they need to like reestablish this title. I know Miro, like Miro, like does some character, um, some character stuff when he when he does these interviews. But he's like, yeah, the TNT title is going to shit ever since I lost it. And like, he ain't totally wrong because yeah. the the switching between Sammy and then you know Cody was in there for a little bit, and then Scorpio, and then Sammy, and then Scorpio, like all of that switching. I don't think any of those runs did anything for the title. I do feel bad for Scorpio. I do think he's injured. I think he'll be away for a little bit, unfortunately. Uh, I, I could be wrong, but based on his tweet last night where he's like, oh, I'll see y'all later and stuff, it seems like he he's injured. It might be on the shelf for a little bit. But he had two runs that just the most unmemorable runs in the world, unfortunately. Like just two short reigns and now... 
It's on Wardlow, a guy they clearly have a lot of faith in, a guy they clearly have a lot of belief in, a guy they're clearly going to strap the rocket to, and they need to reestablish this title with this Wardlow run because it has gone to shit ever since Miro lost it. And I think Wardlow's going to get a great run out of it. I think he's going to have some really good matches. But yeah, he's probably also just going to like kind of decimate a few people. I don't know where the, the story is going to go. Maybe it does circle back to, to CM Punk. CM Punk obviously has unfinished business with uh, John Moxley. Once once he returns, they got to unify the titles and everything. I've said it a, a million times, though. Just give me stories when it come when it comes to this stuff. I don't just want, okay, Wardlow. And maybe the story is just like Wardlow decimates people and like who can stop this man maybe that's the story and if that's what it is that that's cool that's cool by me I'm, I'm fine with that but just give me something i can seek my teeth into not just a bunch of random matches against random opponents because i don't have i don't like any of that stuff like cody his story was he beat a lot of people but it was through an open challenge and you made new people you signed new people out of that miro was kind of like hey i'm just going to destroy these people uh and then of course this whole thing with, with god uh and i i hope that wardlow gets something similar to that of like who can just like stop this man now that he's free from mjf and like he just there's nothing holding him back i assume that'll sort of be the story when it comes to wardlow and i'm cool with that just give me something to actually sink my teeth <coughs> into that's not just hey wardlow won again like put some put some thought put some thought behind it that's my only ask as far as like the moment i was a little unsure that he was gonna win even though it seemed like set up for him to win but i just didn't think they would do scorpio like that like two times of hey let me give you two title reigns and they're both just gonna have nothing to them and you lose them both and then that's like it i didn't think they would do that to him but if he's injured you know what can you do off of that if he's injured and has to go away this was the right call that was the only reason i was a little bit hesitant of i don't know if Wardlow's actually going to win this thing but at the same time I don't think you can like beat Wardlow in this type of match unless it's a bunch of, it was a street fight. It was a street fight. So you could have a bunch of interference and Wardlow still looks strong getting beat by like 20 people, 20 like actual wrestlers and not 20 job men like it was a few weeks ago. So you could kill, still keep them strong in that respect. That was my only hesitation on it, but this was certainly the time to, to go ahead and go full bore with Wardlow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And I also agree with what JJ said in the chat about, um, he said they had, I've not logged in right now, so I can't pull it up, but it says they had the TNT, uh, all right. When sky won it in the ladder match. Thank you, Jeremy. And, uh, they screwed up by having him turn on cash, which I agree yeah. with as well. Like it was like, he was, he was getting more and more over as a baby face. People wanted him to turn. Um, it seemed like the right move for him to turn. He really doesn't, he's really not the best fit for being in the American top team group to begin with. He's kind of, he doesn't really need Lambert. And I think it really hurts Ethan page to be a part of all of it. So like, it's one of those things where it's like, that was the time to just turn him baby face and just have him go on a baby face run with the title. Even if it was short, like I think it would have turned out better than what it was. And, you know, more low winning the title. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens going forward. But I think at the end of the day, like, he's not losing that belt before he fights CM Punk for the, for the world title. I think like he'll, he'll, and I don't know how long it'll be before he gets that title shot. I don't necessarily want to see it right away. It's just, it's been alluded to already, but Tony Khan and AEW and the way they book their stuff, like just because Wardlow mentioned wanting a shot at CM Punk, you know, a few weeks ago, 
he still might not get that that shot for another you know six months another year i mean they're they're good about like long-term storytelling and like letting things play out over time and stuff so um <clears throat> i'm i'm interested and also with the Miro stuff i want to throw out there like they do need to figure out really what to do with him because I was never the biggest Rusev fan. Like I always saw like potential in him, but I I, I was never like on the hype train like other people were. He felt kind of a bit generic to me because I've seen so many of those same oh, types was. of wrestlers. Right, right. Well, but and we, I mean, me and you, we've seen we've seen so many wrestlers come and go from the WWE that are just like that, like the same exact type of push, eventually losing to someone like John Cena. And then, like, just kind of, like, lingering. And the whole Rusev Day thing was over. But I also think that was a lot of Aiden English. Like, he did a really good job of, like, helping get that over. And people forget that. And Miro and AEW was, like, a breath of fresh air. Like, at first, I I didn't like the whole um, best man thing. And him and Sabian and and Penelope. I I thought that was really, really weak. I, I thought that was a bad way of introducing him to AEW. But once he turned the corner and he started talking about god and being a champion and his wife and all this stuff it was like the redeemer and it was like dude, this is actually really good and like his in-ring work matched it too because like the way he was wrestling people it, it really worked and it really made sense and it was really believable and i turned the corner on him as a fan you know i say that all the time too like you can win me over as a wrestling fan I, i'm not one of these people that like just because i didn't like the first time i saw you or i didn't like this match or that match i don't just like turn on you forever like if you give me a reason to change my mind like I'm all about, like, I want to like every wrestler that I watch. Like, so <clears throat> I think Miro did an awesome job as TNT champion. And I know he was like, he was out for a while and stuff, but I know he's back now. And he was a part of that all Atlantic uh, kind of tournament and four way and stuff. And yeah, they, so just cause you brought him up, I wanted to say that too. Like Miro has been really impressive to me in AEW and uh, they do need to figure out what to do with him as well. I mean, Miro rules. It looks like he's going to feud with Malachi now. He had the promo last right. night where he's going after Malachi and the, uh, well, not the All Atlantic title because Pac has the All Atlantic Championship, but it looks like he's going after Malachi. I think that's fine. I'm not into the the Malachi stuff. It's just, it's not for me. Uh, I think the Miro promos will be great. They'll continue to be great. I'm sure the match will be very good. Uh, I, I would like to see Miro do, do a little bit more than. than and just face Malachi Black. But as far as Wardlow goes, I mean the the Goldberg comparisons are there. The punk um the punk feud has been alluded to. I just don't know if that's going to be like Wardlow's big world title win is beating Punk because I'm thinking of the Goldberg title win and like he, you know, he beat Hogan uh, to to pop the rating on Nitro and that was obviously defeating the top heel um and then going on to to have both titles and everything. So if you're going to make that comparison, it's not it's not really an apples to apples thing because Punk is unless Punk turns, which is very possible and Punk would be like the one of the biggest heels in AEW, probably the biggest heel in AEW, uh especially MJF gone. Like if he turns and turns his back on the crowd and, and everything and then like if Ward though is like the conquer saving AEW from CM Punk, I could see that story. Like I'm not mad at that. That seems like a very long-term thing though. Like that goes into next year more yeah. than something that might play out this year. They got options, uh, whether it be Wardlow just running with the TNT title or whether it be using the TNT title to elevate him to the world title. A lot is going to depend on when Punk returns what happens with Punk and, and Moxley. My assumption is Punk wins that match to, to keep his ring going. Uh, but what happens there 
and then where they decide to go for there. But good for Wardlow. He's clearly the guy. He's been he's been one of their guys from the very start. And now that he's free, they finished up the MJF program. They can really go go all in on him. He wants to boost that female demographic. He wants to be the penny dropper. Wardlow. Hmm. He's gonna he's gonna get all the females watching AEW. Yeah, yeah, and and JJ, you know, he also says in the chat, uh, can you have Wardlow hold on to the TNT title for like two years before his world title match? Honestly, you could like if the if the run is going well, I'm not against something like that, <clears throat> um, especially when you have something like the All Atlantic title and in the world title and the tag titles and soon to be trios titles and the women's TBS and the, the world title. And, you know, I mean, like they have enough champions and enough um, and ROH and titles and the AAA titles and true. All of them. Yep. And I'm sure Tony said he's got a million other titles that he's designed, ready to introduce. Yeah. Just have them hold the belt for as long as you want to. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, they're overflowing with talent on that roster, even when guys like Kenny aren't there and Danielson's hurt and, you know, Cody leaves and all this stuff like Adam Cole there. You, you barely, I don't want to say barely notice because like those are massive stars, CM Punk, the world champion, of course, but like, it doesn't really affect the show too much, which is wild. Like oh, I thought it so much the show last night. You you think so? I I I enjoyed it. Yeah, like I mean, I, but it's one of those. Okay, well, it's one of those not, things. Not a fan of last like, night's show. Okay, interesting. I thought it was a pretty good show. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things where I just I mean, in comparison, WWE loses one person, loses a Roman Reigns or something, and it's like panic mode because like there's just no one else. Uh, Cody goes out, and it's like we got to rewrite everything. AEW, they lose like their top four or five people, and it's still like once again. I, I I know you said you didn't really like the show last night, but um, even not even not, not just last night, but like Forbidden Door, granted that had New Japan involvement and stuff, and the pay per view before that, they've had a lot of injuries and a lot of big people are out. I think they're still putting on good product. Um, but to answer your question, JJ, yeah, like I I would be fine with a a two-year Wardlow TNT title reign if it was good you know if, if he's killing it and he's over and they're building towards something big for him like I'm fine with something like that at some point we all assume MJF comes back right and because it seems like this whole thing is a gone to the point where it's a work it might have started off as a shoot but based on his promo it seems like it turned into a work he comes back and the obvious thing to do would be to jump into a thing with Wardlow of how he made Wardlow. And because I don't know if MJF comes back as a babyface after all this. Like that was kind of a babyface promo. He got cheered and everything. But I just don't know if he's going to come back as a as like this conquering babyface out of all of this. And so MJF and Wardlow would be sort of an obvious feud to go immediately into whenever he comes back. And Wardlow, wherever he's at on the card, is still going to be one of the top guys. And maybe, I don't know when MJF comes back, but if Wardlow's a TNT champion, that's an easy thing for, for MJF to do. Like, get gold, hold the company hostage by having some type of gold, use that as some type of leverage. I, I could I could see something like that. And they got options, whether it becomes with Wardlow or the championship itself but certainly with ward though you can do a lot of things with this guy because he's one of the most over guys on the roster right now he's got the tnt title you can use it to elevate him to a new program with which is probably the world title you can use it to elevate another guy there's stories to be told with ward as the champion and i hope they do that justice 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> as far as like CM Punk goes, or sorry, as far as MJF goes, I um I well and CM Punk. This this goes hand in hand. Back in was it 2011 when CM Punk beat John Cena for the world title, and then he he left, and it was like the biggest complaint out of all of that was that he came back too soon. He yeah. came back like, you know, the next week or whatever. And they did the whole thing where like Rey Mysterio won the world title. And then like, uh, Cena won the world title from Mysterio on like one episode of raw or something. And then like, and then CM Punk came out and everyone was like, Oh, it's cool to see CM Punk. And he's got new music again and all this stuff. But like, damn, they could have dragged that whole thing out for much longer. Like he was taking photos of, the title belt in a refrigerator. He was going to like indie shows with the world title and stuff. And it was like, they could have done done something really cool with that. And that's where I'm at with kind of the MJF thing right now is I'm assuming at this point it is a work. I think it's a shoot that turned into a work, like you just said. But I also, I think there's a big part of the fan base. It's like, you should put him back on TV. You need to keep the momentum going and all this stuff. And I understand that line of thinking, but at the same time, I'm like, I kind of like the idea of him just, just disappearing for a minute and like let us have that type of story that we didn't get with CM Punk all those years ago like let us let us really kind of have MJF out of sight out of mind and when he returns it's going to be massive I feel like and the best thing he could possibly do because I still think he should be the one to beat CM Punk for the world title but it makes the most sense if and once again this is a long-term story so like they have to let it play out for a bit longer but if CM Punk turns heel and we all know how good he can be as a heel he can really really get people to hate him and if mjf can be the one to take down cm punk without really having to be a baby face but people are cheering him it's like that's i'm really interested in something like that and i feel like the mjf and cm punk stuff still isn't really over yet like they had the dog collar match which was probably my if not my favorite match of the year it's right there with cody and seth um, but it's one of those things that's like, they, I, I like that they're long playing the MJF stuff and that he isn't like right back on TV and they're not really talking about him. And, and Tony Khan won't answer questions about him. It makes it different. It makes it no interesting. Comment. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> and then, yeah, more, the Wardlow uh, MJF stuff's interesting too, because like the last time we saw MJF and Wardlow wrestle each other, Wardlow destroyed him completely uncompetitive, just owned him. So like, you had to figure out a way to get MJF into a title shot without, while also kind of ignoring the Wardlow loss. Here's and then, mm-hmm. here, here's, here's here's my fantasy booking. Here's my fantasy booking. CM Punk, John Moxley, they close all out. It's in Chicago. At least that's what we think. They haven't actually like officially announced that, but we all think it's in Chicago. Punk wins, stands tall. MJF music hit. MJF still the heel. After all this, I still think he's got to be a heel. That yeah. gives you your MJF CM Punk feud. MJF wins the title and Wardlow, maybe still the TNT champion. If not, that moves Wardlow up to the MJF feud and the world title. I don't think MJF needs a long reign with the title or anything like that. I, I think you could probably do the story that they love with MJF of throw a million obstacles in the way of Wardlow before he finally gets to MJF. Even though we've seen it, there's a new twist on it now. Um, but then Wardlow beats MJF to, to win the title. Yeah, they did ignore Wardlow with the stretcher job. MJF just came out on the next show and just cut his promo. It's like, oh, yeah, remember this guy just got stretchered out? Like, I don't think you can ignore that. And that's why I think you go back to it after MJF wins the title. 
All I'm saying is if they want to just immediately go back to it, MJF coming back while Wardlow is the TNT champion is one way to get there. I am kind of in agreement with, with you and JJ of like MJF should probably come back and focus on the world title, which I assume will be held by CM Punk whenever they decide to bring MJF back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested too, for what it's worth when, when Punk and Moxley go one-on-one to unify the titles, how the crowd leans. Like I, I think AEW's they were great about, you know, they'll do heel versus heel and babyface versus babyface stuff and just let the crowd choose, you know, kind of who they want to go with or the crowd might be split. I'm assuming it'll be kind of not even necessarily split. I think both guys are just going to get cheered. Like it's just going to be everyone. Everyone's just going to be really into it. But I am interested to see if like Punk shows any kind of like heel mannerisms or like Moxley is like, I think he's technically a heel. Like, but I'm not even, but it doesn't really matter. Like he, well, he it doesn't come out like, of a tunnel, so I don't know which I don't know. Which right, right. We aren't being told. We aren't being yeah. spoon fed what exactly to feel and believe, <laughs> like and how to cheer. Um, but uh, but like the Blackpool Combat Club to me is baby faces, but like they never really turned. Like it, it's 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 interesting. They're kind of playing the gray area in between, like the tweener. Uh, but Danielson's a heel like he even said that when he wouldn't reveal that Claudio was the (laughs) mystery guy he's like I'm not telling y'all shit I'm a bad guy right but it's like but when they when they fight you know the Jericho Appreciation Society I know I know Danielson wasn't a part of that but like clearly the Blackpool Combat Club is the baby face in that scenario so it's like but it's a bunch of badasses just beating the hell out of each other also at the end of the day so it's like I and Yuta is definitely a baby face so it's like there's it's 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 interesting, but it but it works. It works really well, and that's why I like um, how Moxley's kind of explained the Combat Club is like he's like it's more of kind of like a fight team. Like they aren't really like a team per se. Like they might team up together, kind of for like uh, like a, a unified kind of mission. But like it's really just guys that kind of train together and want to help each other get better. And it's, it's yeah, it's like a it's like a fight team um more more than like a friendship like it's just it's 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 more of like an athletic approach to it and like right. getting and better and mentoring by mentor by regal and stuff i mean we we watch ufc and mma jensen like we we know about the various fight teams and stuff like take american top team there's some fighters <laughs> from american top team that i like there's some fighters that i don't like and that's sort of what it is is they they are just they are a fight team and there's guys that you're gonna like from that team and there's guys that you're not gonna like from that team and i do think that is their approach and i'm i'm fine with that approach because it's been explained and they all get along but yeah there's just some guys on the team like i'm i'm not the the biggest uh colby covington fan who is that american top team always loved andre arlovsky he's great got no problem with him though yeah there's just guys you like and and some guys you don't like on these teams very true very true um I think Colby's entertaining, but I also understand. I mean, he he has go away heat with a lot of people too. He's so it's gimmick. like I, I get, he he's a gimmick, but he's a fantastic fighter. If Kamaru Usman yes. didn't exist, he'd be the world champion. Like he's right there. Um, but it's yeah. but yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like there's there's a, a wide variety of personalities and stuff that you're gonna get in a fight in a fight team. And uh and yeah, so yeah, I guess to wrap this topic up, congratulations to Wardlow. He's shown a lot of really good a lot of progress. Um uh, you know, I saw his first match in AEW against Cody live in Atlanta, that cage match. And he was impressive then even, but it was like really just kind of on potential. Now he's like really realizing his potential and he's really hitting his stride and he looks like a million bucks. He's he's over big time with the crowd. He's He's got a good thing going for him that's working. 
Um, so I think they need to just keep doing what they're doing with them and just and just kind of once again, I, I hate saying like let it play out because it almost sounds condescending because it's like you know when you say it about certain companies, it, it, you really don't mean it. But with AEW, I really do mean it. Like I like I I, I think they it's one of those things where it's like if it's not broke, don't fix it. Like just keep going with what they've got with him right now. And if it starts going south or you know people aren't as into it, then you modify it, tweak it, change it, you know, make it better. But this is working. So just keep doing it. And, and I think Wardlow, it, it makes sense for him to win the TNT title right now. Your AW spotlight, Steven Jensen, is Dark Order, who came out last night, and they said Dark Order is fine. Uh, the, the six of them are not going anywhere. And yeah, it, it was Uno. Obviously, they, they've left, they've lost Stu Grayson, uh, future WrestleMania main eventer, Stu Grayson. And Alan Angels, who future Impact main eventer, Alan Angels, actually on Impact tonight. Um, they've lost those two, but they they still have Preston Vance, Evil Luno, um, John Silver, Negative One, Anna Jay, and Alex Reynolds. And then QT Marshall came out. They remembered Hangman Page has ties with the group, so that was something. This segment did nothing for me. I don't know what's going to happen with Dark Order. It's not like they were being treated the best beforehand. Like basically ever since Hangman won the title and even before that, it's like, well, here's Dark Order to get the shit kicked out of them by Danielson and CM Punk. Like they weren't really doing anything. And then the Hangman Association became less after he won the title. And now it it just felt like, oh, we're in Rochester, home of Brody Lee. Like we just got to bring them out to make them make some type of statement and that's about it the hangman stuff feels like below hangman at this point like him coming out last night maybe he can resurrect the group a little bit uh but i i don't really want hangman associated with these guys anymore and i like dark order i like them you know when they were associated with hangman previously but they've lost they've lost some really talented people people have theorized and conspiracy theorized that they have six members, Wyndham six, here right. comes the fiend Bray Wyatt. And like, if that's the, the shot in the arm they're going to take, that's fine. It's something. Otherwise, I don't have much use for Dark Order right now. How about you? That's fair. Give, give me one second off camera. Just one second. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just right here. Got to got roll off screen for just half a second here. Oh my gosh. Jensen's going to bring out his full Dark Order regalia. He's going to put the mask on gonna he's gonna do that that little gimmick right there here we go dark order member steven jensen everybody what number would steve there it is all right hey. so so let's go i actually completely what number that I have it. what number 69 you? um of course you are. Of four, course you 420 are. 420 69 420 <laughs> um so um no so i uh i i legitimately when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I totally forgot that I had this until right when we started talking about the Dark Order. I was like, oh, I have a Dark Order mask from, uh, I think this is from Pro Wrestling Tees. Um, do the do the, do the the hand thing so I can screenshot this. There we go. All right. Thank you. Am I in enough? Yeah, yeah. I got you. 
Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> um, um, so, yes, no, I'm with you. You know, there is a lot of conspiracy theory about this thing's bothering me. There's like something like up in the up in like the mouth. You see that? Anyways, um, you can hear me fine. Horrible fine. to wear for any amount. Dude, of this time. is this is tough. I look so I look such a jabroni. I look like a jobber. I can't even get the thing straight. Oh, you're you're you fit right in with the Dark Order, honestly. <laughs> All right, so here right we in. go. I, I hate I hate this whatever this is I've never even worn this before. Anyways, um, yeah. So the Bray Wyatt conspiracy stuff, um, I I, I kind of buy into it. Um, you know, they were all out in the ring last night and they were like, "We are the six and we're all staying and all this stuff." But part of me is like, is the loophole that negative one is like his numbers negative one? So it's like really we were seeing the five members negative one kind of like takes the one away. So we have five and like, we're waiting on the six, like they're not going to count negative one in, in that. And it is Bray Wyatt. Um, you know, the hangman stuff is, it's disappointing because one of my favorite moments in the history of AEW was when hangman and the dark order came out to, to wrestle the elite squad when they were all dressed up like uh, uh, space jam. And that entrance in the what makes a cowboy video and the whole thing where they came out together and, and hangman was wearing like the like the purple roses and stuff on it i mean it was like that was perfect but unfortunately too that was like the peak of what the dark order probably is going to be and they've lost grayson they've lost angels um they've lost cabana um Oh yeah, I didn't even mention Cabana where and Sean reported that like it didn't look like he was gonna be resigned, but people pushed for it. Um and then it looks like he's gonna be part of ROH now. So, you know, we'll see with Cabana. But yeah, it looks like he's out of the group. I never really felt like he fully fit with the group anyway, but Cabana's yeah. a nice solid hand to have. Um, but yeah, he's he's out of it as well. Exactly. So they're in this we're in this weird spot where like they're losing members. And I wonder if any of them, it has to do with this at all, too. Because, like, I know Alan Angel was talking about, and I, I believe him, too, for what it's worth. Like, he basically said, like, I, I'm going to leave AEW because I didn't really have much of an indie run. Like, he he rose the, he didn't even have a chance to rise the indie ranks. Like, he he was so new, and he was starting to get booked. And I had actually seen him a little bit in, like, either Nashville or Atlanta. Like, he, he was starting to kind of pop up in the Southeast. And before he knew it, and before the fan base even knew it, like, he's getting booked on AEW because the pandemic, they needed people local that were available when they were taping all this stuff in Atlanta and he was there and he wound up getting signed and, and he, so he just never really had that indie run. And now he's gotten so much better that he's like, you know, JJ says Alan angels over speedball is going to rule. Like, yeah, that, that kind of stuff is like why Alan angels has, has returned to the Indies. And I think he's going to really up his value and try to, you know, get a bigger deal to come back to AEW or to eventually go to the WWE or go go to Impact or whatever it is. And I, but the the point is like I, I I have to imagine that they've been kept in the loop as far as like, hey, when you're making this decision, if you're going to stay, you're going to go. Like these are the plans for the Dark Order, and some of them might have been like, okay, I don't really like where this is heading, so I'm just going to get out now while I have a chance. Um, and I can't imagine if they knew that Bray was coming in that they would want to leave. But I don't know. With Grace, I don't think little... Bray's coming in. By the way, I I don't okay. think 
I, I well think that, that's the that's the theory that everybody you're done with that mask. You're, Jensen's out of Dark Order. He he decided not to renew his contract with Dark Order, <clears> and he's just had it. Uh, it's going on his indie run. I don't think Bray's coming in. I think that's the conspiracy theory that that people are throwing out because oh, Wyndham six, there's six members. Like we've heard this theory for a very long time now. I, I mean, Bray was released a year ago. It's been a year since this man got released by WWE, and he's not there yet. I don't think he's going to be there. If he is, fine, great. It'll certainly be something for Dark Order, but I don't think that that's the end game with this. I don't know if there is an end game, and I think that's maybe why Hangman is kind of repartnered with them because they feel like they need to do something with the group, and Hangman obviously has the ties. But I think it's just kind of below where Hangman should be. Uh, I will let it play out, but I have no real excitement for Dark Order right now. Yeah, the only way that it works for Hangman is if somehow, well, I shouldn't even say somehow, because they, they were getting to this point before before Hangman won the world title, and they could have capitalized on it with him being the champion, and they didn't, but like, if, if Hangman being associated with the Dark Order elevates the Dark Order, then I'm good with it. But if it lowers Hangman's status, that's a problem to me. Because they've done a lot of great work of establishing him as, like, when I think of AEW in that massive, just stacked roster that they have of talent, the top of that for me is Omega, Danielson, Hangman. I mean, that's probably the top three. I mean, I'd have to think about it. Moxley's way up there as well. Um, But, like, as far as, like, and Punk, you know, it's like, as far as like uh, in ring storytelling, uh, fame, you know, overness, all this stuff, it's like they have kind of like four or five guys that are like above everyone. And I have Hangman in that group. But for him to get into that group, it took the long term story with Kenny winning the world title, his title run where he went on. I mean, there were people that were down on Hangman as champion, and I never understood it. I was like, this guy's just putting on nothing but bangers always like how can anyone be upset with what they're doing with this guy um he's way more credible now than he was three years ago when the company started like this the the like they stuck to their guns and 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 it worked and i think hangman is on that level but if then if now going forward it's like him and no offense to these other guys and girls like like i think anna jay has a ton of potential but she still has a lot of work to do um uh, evil uno is stuck because there's no Stu grayson anymore um silver and reynolds have been relegated to kind of more like comedy guys but they can really go in the ring but like i think they're more kind of seen as comedy guys negative one still has you know 10 plus years before you can wrestle um you know there's there's i, I might be missing somebody too i think i got everyone everyone likes Preston vance everyone oh i'm sorry kind of high on Preston vance when he when he's got a good look, um, and he he's really well liked. I I know that he he helps a lot of people at the uh, the Nightmare Factory, like with training and stuff, especially like newer wrestlers. I've talked to some people there that I know that train there that are like that have gone through like the uh like the beginner classes at at the Nightmare Factory, and they always tell me that Cody Vance, well his real name's Cody Preston Vance, is they they always tell me that like like he's such a help to them. And so apparently he's a great guy and I know he he's close with a lot of, a lot of people in AEW and uh, his time will probably come because he's, he's got a great look and he's athletic and there, there will probably be a big future for him as well. 
And I, I didn't mean to miss him off uh, off that list, but that's pretty much the six right there. And, you know, but it, so it's like for Hangman to be a part of that, it does seem a little a little less than, unfortunately. But once again, if, if, if Hangman can keep his same status as like one of the top people in AEW and the Dark Order elevates with him and we start seeing like Silver and Reynolds as like a threat to the tag titles and Vance... Uh, is maybe in, in the mix for like the All Atlantic Championship or something, and Anna J starts getting in the mix for like the TBS and the World Title and stuff, and it's like may, maybe it can be used to elevate. And I like I like Evil Uno as the mouthpiece of the group, and he's a good wrestler too. But he's just kind of in no man's land right now without Grayson, in my opinion. So like, and and that was a I I I still stand strong on. Stu Grayson's going to do big things um, outside of the, outside of AEW. I think Alan Angel is going to have a great indie run. Um, Cole Caban is going to do you know better in Ring of Honor than he was doing in AEW, in my opinion. Um, and so yeah, I uh, yeah, it, it's it's just tough because I do like the Dark Order, and I think they did a great job of like the original Dark Order. It didn't work. They put the kibosh on it. They changed it, and it worked. And and they were a real big piece in Hangman winning the world title, which was like the probably the biggest story AEW's ever done up to this point with Hangman and Omega and then Dark Order was a big part of that. And now they're just kind of in this weird spot where like they're losing members and they're still trying to hold on to it. And I think the only thing that could happen to really give them a shot in the arm would be Wyatt coming in. But I'm also not like really confident that that's going to happen. I'm, I'm just saying like, if anybody can turn this thing around, it would probably be him as the leader, but they'd also have to change their dynamic too. I think they'd have to go more back into like kind of the cult and like the, the, the dark, the actual darkness of what the dark order was when it started with like the creep. They don't necessarily have to bring the creepers in and all that stuff, but people forget when the, when the, the maggots started. on the mat. <laughs> right. the maggots oh on no, the mat don't. Back. I was at WrestleMania that year too. Ayo so- maggots. <laughs> <laughs> What? Workaholics reference. Workaholics. Oh, oh, oh wait, wait. Uh, the the burritos. Is that there was that one, the burritos. But the AO maggots was when they were trying to get uh, fake passports so they could oh. go to hedonism. Yeah. That's right. I just remember the the one. There were maggots someone, in the burritos too. In the in the in the, in the in the skunk that they were like yeah. chopping up. Oh, that's yeah. disgusting, dude. Disgusting. I I still watch that show pretty often. Um, there's a uh, shout out Pluto TV. I I. I watch Pluto TV all the time because it's free and it's just, they just constantly have shows running on there all day. And they have a, they have oh, a channel that shows workaholics almost all the time. I love the, uh, the Stan Halen episode, the dude who like, yeah, like, he's kind of like he's in a fraternity. <laughs> um, but, uh, but anyways, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, people forget what the dark order when it started, it was like that like kind of creepy guy was like trying to recruit people with like those weird videos and like the creepers and it was a completely different thing and it didn't really work, but you know, maybe with what, let's also be fair. Brody Lee dying that changed everything for that group. Yeah. I mean, so who knows what, what was the plans and stuff, but it's cool that they're still honoring him. It's really cool to see negative ones still out there. And like, I'm, I, I know there's a lot of people out there that are like, that don't like seeing negative one or they think it's weird having a kid out there. My thing is like, I'm not going to judge any of this. That kid lost his dad super young and to like the, some weird circumstances. And like, it was like out of nowhere. 
and anything they can do to help that kid out, I'm fine with. Um, I think it's cool as hell that he got an action figure with his dad and stuff. Like I, I like what ne- I like seeing negative one out there. Um, it makes me feel good. But anyways, Dark Order's future, it doesn't look good right now. But if someone like Bray Wyatt did come in and take the group over, that definitely gives him a shot in the arm. I, I think that's the only thing that can can save them because I'm not sold on Hangman elevating them. And, and I love Hangman. I'm with you that he's like one of the, the pillars, the guy that should be pushed. But man, they, this group is beaten so much like on television. I understand they're picking up wins on dark and dark elevation and, and stuff like that. But like on TV, these guys are just beaten every single time they are on TV. So you, if you're going to reestablish them, you got to give them some some like actual credible wins, and that will elevate them more than being associated with Hangman. And if Hangman can be part of that, doing trios matches for four man matches or eight man matches and things like that, then sure, like Hangman can kind of elevate them. But you got to give these guys, you got to start giving these guys wins on TV because the last time they've won on TV together was like last October. Like it, I think it was, and they lost that space jam match with, with hangman, but they, they won that, uh, the match like afterwards to get hangman, uh, back in the title shot and everything. Um, but like, that was like their last big win. Otherwise, like I've been saying, like they just been getting the shit kicked out of them by, by punk and Danielson as they've been feuding with hangman. So you've got to give these guys wins to really reestablish them because right now they just have very little to no credibility with me and hangman the way he's been treated after his title run does doesn't seem to be in a position at least at this moment to elevate them and i hope that changes for everybody i hope that i hope that changes for everybody yeah i'm with you uh i like the idea by the way i I like the idea by the way that people are throwing out in the chat which i like Wyndham being so so closely linked to to brody like you can call him brother brody and, and like him him it make if anyone's gonna take the group over, he's really the only one that makes sense. And I think him being can, with negative one would be interesting. You can do a story if Wyndham comes in. I don't think he's coming in. Uh, that's that's my position on things. You can do a story of like Wyndham tries to drag them back to the dark. Hangman tries to keep them in the light, and they're just kind of battling over things. Like that's a I think that's a I good like story that. to tell. Yeah. And you have Hangman and Wyatt, who are two perceived stars, and like that's an actual. That's a good feud you can do that keeps the group in an actual spotlight of, hey, they're relevant. They're doing stuff. Give them some wins on TV during this. End it with the Hangman Wyatt thing. Like you could you could possibly tell that story. I don't think Wyatt's coming. That's I could fair. be wrong. No, that's wrong. fair. I mean, I, I it's, it, there's really no reason for us to think like it's going to happen right now since it hasn't happened up to this point. But um, but yeah, OK, good deal. Dark Order. I hope I hope that, I hope that it works out for them because I, I like I like the people involved. So want to be a professional wrestler or do you want to be a WWE superstar? You know, WWE superstar sounds a whole lot better than me than being a professional wrestler. Oh, boo. <laughs> WWE spotlight. Steven Jensen, WWE spotlight. Uh, yours this week. Pretty big news coming out of WWE. Logan Paul has signed with the company. Multi-event, multi-year deal. Seems like he's going to wrestle at SummerSlam. Seems like it's going to be him and Miz, whether it's a singles match or a tag team match in some capacity. And he's probably going to be part of a lot of other shows as well uh, moving forward. But Logan Paul signed with the company. He had, he had an impressive showing. I mean, say what you will about the guy. He had an impressive showing uh, at, at WrestleMania. He's a great athlete. He obviously has his fans, and he generates some type of buzz. Uh, what do you make of Logan Paul signing? 
So some people might be surprised by me saying this. Like, I think it's genius that they signed this guy. Um, you know, and I think for the WWE, this is like the biggest kind of win that they can get right now because they're not really in the business, in my opinion, of like trying to find great pro wrestlers right now. No. They're in the business of like getting just trying to stay relevant in the mainstream. <clears throat> and when they get people like Bad Bunny, who in my opinion, like exceeds expectations for you know, he was good in the ring. Pat Pat McAfee's fantastic. Like he might be one of the best workers in the whole company. Like he just doesn't get to do it very often. Um, like as far as like in the ring on commentary, I think he does a great job. But you know, I and, and so it's like I can I don't think Logan Paul's gonna be the last one either. I mean, we saw they try to do it with Tyson Fury with Kane Velasquez. Well, Valerie um, Loretta is coming in, the MMA fighter from Bellator. That's right. She she's that's signed. Right. She's going to be part of things moving forward. Yep, and you know I could see Jake potentially coming in as well at some point to do something like I. What I'll say about Logan Paul is this: I fully understand where the hate from him used to come from. I'm actually like way more in tune with like the YouTube and YouTuber drama and Twitch stuff that like. I, I, I stay very kind of, I pay attention to a lot of that stuff and have for a long time. I just, I just get kind of fascinated by it. And Logan Paul, there was a lot of reasons to really dislike this guy back, back years ago. I mean, the suicide force thing was, was terrible. Um, he's, he's had his, he's made his, some big mistakes that that video he did in Japan where he was like throwing pokeballs at like Japanese citizens and stuff on the streets. And stuff. it was like, it was embarrassing. Like he, he was, he was a, basically a hype beast out there on YouTube trying. And and the first time I ever saw him, he was lying about being colorblind and like pretending to put these glasses on. Like he was seeing colors for the first time. I mean, the guy was just lying and being a douchebag for views on YouTube. I mean, let's just be honest. His his audience was kids and he was just clickbaiting pretty much to to get kids to watch him. He eventually, he initially got famous off of Vine, which is like, you know, so it's one of those things where it's like, I understand where the hate used to come from from this guy. I totally get it. But over time, I have to admit, like, I've, I've become a fan of his as far as, like, I don't, I'm not a fan of, like, his YouTube videos, but, but like, his his podcast, I think, has shown that, like, he's actually a pretty good guy. Like, the long-form interviews... Yeah, I'm honestly. I mean, I, you gotta, you gotta. I listen to. Yeah. I listen to some of his podcasts because he's had he's interviewed WWE people, and now that he's a WWE superstar, I'm gonna have to listen to it more regularly. I'm not like, I'm not totally against it. I do think he has helped himself in, in regard compared to what he used to be. Like, I, people can change. People deserve second chances and whatnot. I'm probably never gonna break the stigma that this guy is an absolute douchebag. Um, I I see where you're coming from where. He's, he's helped himself through doing more media and showing that he seems remorseful for some of this stuff. It doesn't make any of it right, but he does sure. seem, for the most part, pretty remorseful on everything he used to do. And he's grown, and he knows how to sort of still embrace that role of being a douchebag. And now I do think it's more of a character than it is his actual personality, but obviously his actual personality is still part of it but he's done well to make millions off of the character personality and now translate that into a wrestling career right and we also have to keep in mind he's still in like his like mid-20s i want to say so it's like he's it's also one of those it's also one of what i'm just saying like when you're when 
I'm, I'm not making excuses for anything, but my point is like when, when you're in front of a camera, like 24 seven from the time that you're a teenager every day, you're going to have moments where like you screw up on camera. The stuff that he did was like way past the line and he got canceled over it. He, he had, he's had to come back from multiple cancellations where like YouTube didn't want to put his videos up and they would take his stuff down and, and how he had to he had to weather the storms of cancellation and he deserved the cancellations he got like he did some really really stupid stuff but a big thing that turned the corner for me is seeing the hard work he put in in boxing like jake has hit a whole other level than logan with what he's doing but knocking out guys like tyron woodley ben Askren, the nate robinson just face down knockout was 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 great but with logan i mean we got to give him credit for even getting in the ring with Floyd Mayweather. Like that's insane that this YouTuber who had only fought other YouTubers boxed arguably the best boxer of the last like two, two decades. I mean, it's like, it's crazy that he, that he did that. And he actually landed a few punches on the guy. He didn't, I mean, he got worked. He, he, he definitely didn't win that fight. But my point is like, he had the balls to go in there and do it. And he's in great shape. The, the little bit of wrestling I've seen him do, he seems very confident, competent in the ring. He's athletic, he's young, he's super famous, he has a huge following, and I think it just makes perfect sense that the WWE would want to be in business with this guy, um, especially if he's going to be there um, even somewhat regular. Like, you know, I don't think he's going to be there every week or anything like that, but I think he might wrestle more often than we think he will, because when he gets into something, I think that he really wants to go all the way with it. Like, I think he wants to be, like, a legitimate part of the WWE and, like, have good matches and, like, you know, try to actually do something there. Um, and, and, you know, and, and the whole adding celebrities into the WWE stuff, I'm personally, I'm not a huge fan of it, but that's just kind of what the WWE is now. Like they're not in, I think in their mind, if they had to make the choice of like, do we want to get like a, like, let me put it this way. They have the option right now. And this is hypothetical. Kenny Omega is available. Would we rather have Kenny Omega or Logan Paul? They'd probably take Logan Paul. Yeah. You know what 100%. I mean? And it's like, because, you know, and, and, and it's, he's not going to be the last person that does this. I think we're going to get more YouTubers, more influencers, all that kind of stuff. Any Anybody who's interested in wrestling that has any shred of athleticism, I think the WWE is going to do what they can to, to do business with them because they're more concerned about their worldwide brand continuing to expand. They're more concerned about the bottom line, the profit the global expansion than they are like actual in-ring product, which is their prerogative. That's fine for them to do. Um, so it's not surprising. And I think if any, I mean, I think Logan makes more sense than probably anyone else they could have signed in that kind of position right now. So, um, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I, it's, I, I saw this coming from a mile away. Like I figured this was going to inevitably happen for Logan with the WWE and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's a smart signing for Logan because he's gonna make a lot of money, and the WWE is gonna bring in. See, here's the other thing that we have to keep in mind too: a lot of Logan's fans started as children, but he's been in the game for so long that now they're teenagers and they're hitting that 18 to 49 demo. WWE's most important demographic is the little kids. Like they need to just keep getting influ influxes of little kids watching the show because that'll never end. These six to, to 13 year olds, like there'll always be new WWE fans coming in. And they're just hoping some of them stick around throughout their teenage years and into adulthood. Where they're getting destroyed by the UFC and by AEW is the 18 to 49. And 
Logan, I think, brings in 18 to 49 for them. And other influencers around his age will also do the same. And I think that's part of this play as well for the WWE. So, um, so yeah, I, I think it, I think it totally makes sense all the way around that Logan signed with the WWE. This is what they're going to continue to do. Uh, you mentioned that if they had their choice between Omega and Logan Paul, they're going to take Logan Paul. That's that's their new path. They are going to take wrestlers, wrestlers, celebrities from other walks of life. This is the whole point of the the NIL program. Uh, the the twins who have like a million TikTok followers and things like that. It's like, okay, how can we capitalize on people who are already popular, but maybe don't have a path for it elsewhere, who enjoy the entertainment aspect, who want to get a little bit physical, and they can come here and they can still do all that. And they have a new path of life. They, ha- they have a new career path for them. That's their business model now. You can love it or you can hate it, but that is their business model now. And I think for people like us who enjoy the more pro wrestling aspect of pro wrestling, like we're not the biggest fans of it, but we both recognize this is what they're doing. This is what they're going to continue to do. This is what WWE is right now. I mean, I know you booed the, the Vince McMahon clip that I just played as part of, you're going to, you're going to have to hear that every single week, by the way, but like, <laughs> this is, this is their philosophy. It's like, yeah. you want to be a pro wrestler or a superstar? Like superstar sounds better. Because superstar, sorry, uh, because superstar encompasses being an entertainer, not just pro wrestling, not just the in ring of wrestling. It, it encompasses, you know, going on and do acting, going on and doing other things in media, being on the Tonight Show, things like that. That that's what a superstar is to these people, and that's the people that they're going after. So no, it's not a shock that Logan Paul is coming in they probably tried to sign bad bunny for more i mean they got him back for for this year at the rumble after wrestlemania last year they'll probably try to get him as often as possible if you are popular in another medium those are the guys that wwe actually wants over hey you've had cool matches on the independent scene they don't really care about having those guys maybe they'll sign a few every now and again like uh roxy roxanne perez uh was one of them and she's young enough to wear People know her ROH career, like people like us, but they can basically brand her, build her as a, a WWE superstar. Um, that that's the way that's the way they're going with this stuff. So Logan Paul makes all the sense of the world for them, and he's probably going to be a big hit for them. You know, he'll bring in a lot of people. His podcast gets a ton of views. He no, has a fan base. Whether whether you like the fan base or not, whether you agree with his methods or not, he has the fan base. They will tune in to see him whether or not that's sustainable whether or not those people come back i don't know i do not know but for the first couple of times as he's there they'll get eyes on them i don't know if it's going to translate to ratings as far as like oh raw went up this much because of logan paul it's going to translate to the other metrics that you know we don't always focus on and that's social engagement youtube engagement things like that that wwe is obviously looking at and focusing on but for a lot of us we're just like oh their television ratings didn't go anywhere but it's like okay well their television ratings might not have gone up but look at how many views this got on youtube look how much engagement this got on social media look how much this got on digital media look how much people talk about this like this article this story was covered everywhere variety new york times like all the big outlets where it's covering this story that's what WWE cares about at the end of the day yeah. that's what they 100 percent. I, I completely agree your spotlight this week jeremy for wwe was Liv Morgan winning Money in the Bank and 
also winning the title from Ronda Rousey. Um, I want your thoughts on all of this. I just want to say right off the bat, two things real quick, and then you can elaborate. One, that ladder match was ass. Like I, that was, <laughs> that was a bad match Two, I hated the way that Ronda Rousey responded to losing that title. I like agree. her congratulating Liv was so ass backwards for what Ronda Rousey is. And when she loses matches in real life, when she loses UFC fights, she disappears for years. Won't do media. <laughs> like that's what should have happened here. That would have been great. Yeah. That would have been great if she did that here. Well, especially because Liv like won it in such a cheap way. I get it. It's 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 within the rules of what the money in the bank is. But like she she beat a hurt Ronda. I, after Rhonda had had a match and then Rhonda congratulated her. I was like, this is, this is dumb. Like good for Liv for winning the match and like for winning the title. And like the fans got their moment and Michael Cole and, and Pat McAfee were going nuts on commentary. And it was a great moment for Liv, but like, I thought the ladder match was terrible. And I thought that the way that Rhonda handled it was like just stupid how they did that. So that that's honestly all my thoughts on the whole thing. So uh, Jeremy, Take it away. I, I don't disagree with, with any of that, especially Rhonda, like congratulating her and stuff. I didn't need, I didn't need that at all. They're trying so hard with this Rhonda baby face stuff. It ain't working. I got no time for it. Rhonda should have like beat the shit out of her afterwards and just been pissed off. Go full blown heel of like, Oh, Liv Morgan, you've been trying to get this moment forever. And this is how you win it. Like you got to cash in when I'm injured, like fuck that noise. Like I'm a, when we face one-on-one, like I'm going to rip your arm off type of shit. Like that's the Ronda Rousey. We need this smiling baby face Ronda Rousey. It's awful. It's, it's, it's not good stuff. I didn't like that. Good for Liv. I, Liv has been waiting a long time for this. Her journey, it's been documented in like WWE 24, all the interviews she done and everything. I'm all for that. Like, I'm happy Liv Morgan got her moment. This is what WWE does. though. They create the moment, and then we got to see the follow-up. Raw wasn't bad. You know, she teamed with Bianca. They had a cool little tag team match. Like, that was fine. I'm very interested to see what they do on SmackDown and like Rousey's promo afterwards. If she's gonna, if she's gonna be still babyface Ronda Rousey, of hey you know live like you got me on that one how about we do it fair and square at SummerSlam and type of thing like i don't i don't have time for that i don't need that and then if ron is just gonna beat her at SummerSlam, cool live got her moment and it meant nothing in the end because when they actually faced in a one-on-one match where things were fair ronda beat her i and that'll happen much... again by the way there's zero there is a zero percent chance of Liv morgan beating ronda rousey one-on-one in the WWE. it's not gonna happen zero percent i will promise you if they do Liv morgan versus ronda rousey Liv morgan's happening i would have i would have much preferred you know what would have been a good story is rousey attacks Liv after she loses does the whole thing of like you cheated like this is how you're gonna win the title blah blah blah, blah. goes full heel loses to like at, loses to uh live at SummerSlam and does the thing you talked about of like, just go away, go away for a while, like sulk, do that whole story and everything, but then come back at the rumble, kick off the Becky and uh, Ronda feud going into to WrestleMania. Cause I still think that's where they're going. And then Becky can talk all that shit. She talked before of like, you just left, you cried, you took your ball and you went home. You were acting like a little bitch. And like, 
it, now you're going to come back and try to try to do this when we've been working our ass off this entire time. No, like we're, we're not doing that this time, Ronda. This ain't your world. Like you don't just cry, leave, come back and then get your get your spot back. Like it doesn't work like that. I would have much preferred that. But yeah, they're probably just going to do babyface Ronda Rousey rematch at SummerSlam. Ronda wins. Fun. Fantastic. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, the, the only way, the only way that Ronda wouldn't win the title back from in my opinion is if is, and this is still a long shot, but there are rumblings about Ronda fighting Gina Carano potentially. I don't think that's which I don't think so either. Gina doesn't look like she's really ready to fight at the moment. And, and they're both way, way past their primes, but at the same time, also in, in the UFC, Juliana Pena being the Bantamweight champion, if she retains again over um, over Nunez, I could see them doing Ronda versus Pena, though. Like, I really could. Um, so I think Ronda still has, like, her toe kind of in the MMA pool just a little I don't know. bit. She seemed, she seemed checked out. With, I listened to her talk to Daniel Cormier, and she was like, yeah, by the end, like, I just didn't care about it anymore. Now that she has a kid as well, yeah. like, her life is just completely completely different i don't know if she has that desire to get in there and do like a full-blown training camp and prepare for a fight and everything look i don't blame her she she is a pioneer she women's mma would not be where it's at without her i have no issues saying that i think you're, you're wrong i agree 100 if you think yeah. otherwise um but i don't think she has the the passion and desire to do that anymore and if she doesn't she shouldn't do it because that's how you end up a meme like she's done in her last two fights Oh, no, I, I completely agree with everything you're saying, 100%. I'm just saying, like, if Ronda, the only reason that Ronda wouldn't win this title back, I think, is if she is going to be going to do something like that. Like, if she's not going to be around. Um, and also, just really quickly, I just wanted to say, it was pretty funny seeing uh, Triple H, Nick Khan, Stephanie McMahon, and Pat McAfee all together at the UFC at uh, UFC 276 right after Money in the Bank. They all, like, went straight from that show straight to the UFC. And then unfortunately had to witness like a pretty boring main event. Like Vince is probably sitting there like, Oh man, like this, this is way lamer than what we got going on. Like, it's like, damn. Yeah. I mean, this, this, the Adesanya versus Cannoneer kind of was, um, but, great tribute to the undertaker by Adesanya by yes. doing a long ass entrance and then having an overly long, boring ass main event. Yeah. Well, right. yeah very, very, uh, very on brand uh, for the undertaker. And it was funny because like Joe Rogan has no interest in professional wrestling. So the whole time he's just asking Daniel Cormier what's going on. And Cormier is like, just like hard as a rock, like the entire time. Like this is the best thing I've seen in my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, so yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, good for Liv getting her moment. I, I'm happy for it. Felt like that, that was just never going to happen with all the, all the times that she's kind of been snubbed um and uh i'm glad i'm glad she got her moment and she won the championship i just think the way that it was done was just uh once again i i thought the ladder match was terrible and and i, I didn't i didn't i did not like the way that ronda responded to losing that title so um but i'm happy for Liv on the flip side so move on to the other spotlight jensen our product is what it is we're going straight up the middle going straight up the middle see you jensen uh, mine is from Impact this week. Chris Sabin against Frankie Kazarian. If you haven't watched this match, it happened on last week's Impact. Go back and watch it. I I don't want to say it was quite better than Speedball and Trey Miguel from Against All Odds. I thought it was better than everything else from Against All Odds. Speedball and Trey was, uh, you know, it's Speedball. That's that's the wrestler of the year. 
right there. On a different level, it was better than Speedball and Trey. Because while that one had like just packed in everything, this was a little bit more methodical. Uh, and But the fact that these two men, who first wrestled each other in 2003, like almost a decade ago, and then two decades ago. Jeez, I'm very old. Uh, the fact that they wrestled almost two decades ago, and here they are nearly 20 years later doing this in an Impact main event and still tearing the house down. Like Just shout out to, to Chris Saban and Frankie Kazarian working just a brilliant match. I love the closing stretch where they went all fry Takayama on each other, and then Saban hits the kick, gets hit with the German suplex, uh, hits the, the clothesline from Hale, Michigan, after it was ducked initially. And then the future shock or the cradle shock. Uh, the first one, like that, that Kazarian kicked out of, like I bit totally on that finish, and then it got him with the second one. That was a great, great kick out by Kazarian at the end. Go out of your way to watch this match and just watch how two men who are decades into their career can still tell a story and still tear the house down at, at, at their at this stage in their career. I I love this match. Good shout with the uh, the, the Takiyama Fry stuff. Yeah, that's yeah, that's just that things rules. of legend. If people have not seen that, go check that out from Pride FC back in the day. They just it's one of the best like minutes of like fighting you'll ever watch. Yes. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's cool. I mean, I think I think his Arian's like a much better fit in Impact still than he is in yeah. AEW. Um, He's not doing I want to see in AEW. Right, well, and he gets. I mean, I feel bad for him to be honest. Like, he gets no reaction in AEW. Like, the Elite Hunter stuff was just so weak. Like, he would come out to like try to fight off the Elite, and everyone just like just everyone just like sitting on their hands. Like, no one. Even when he came out for like the Battle Royal the other week, just no one responds. And it's just, the Elite like, Hunter damn. stuff like went nowhere, and then he lost the Gallows. And like, look, once you're losing the Gallows, you're kind of dead in the water on that. So yeah, it went it went nowhere. I don't like mind the story it made sense because the elite essentially broke up him and, and daniels but then they it was just like a thrown together half-assed idea that they didn't have any follow-up or any any follow-through on yeah one well, and, and you know so but anyway this this match was great and and these two guys i mean you said it before but like two tna originals from back in the day that are that are still performing at a really high level I mean, Chris Saban's really in that top tier of like always consistently being like main event level guy in impact. And and I also saw that Saban and, and Shelly are taking indie bookings as, as the machine guns right now, too, which is pretty exciting because um, they're going to be doing some pretty awesome stuff, I'd imagine. I know that Balance is Forever, Kuhn and Garini have already called them out on Twitter. Like they want that match and I've got to see it. And that ties in with our indie spotlight as well a little bit. But um but yeah, shout out, shout out to uh to Kazarian and Saban. Great match. Uh Saban with the win. Saban yeah, Saban with the win. And I mean, Kazarian's looking like I said, Kazarian is is lost in the mix in AEW, but does really well in impact. So, you know, I think you should just keep doing more in impact if they have that working relationship and good for uh good for Saban doing what he's doing. Um yeah, good good stuff. Your other spotlight this week, Steven Jensen, is wrestling adjacent on July 4th. Every year, the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest takes place. And once again, they fail to build new stars as Joey Chestnut dominates the competition. It dominated so much that he was able to take a break to choke out Darth Vader and still win this thing. Joey Chestnut reigns 
once again. I, what can you say about this? This is the most like epic run we've ever seen. This man is a dynasty unto himself, but I'm getting a little bit tired that they can't build any new stars. So back, I think it was 2015 is when Matt Stoney won it. Yes. Um, yep. So there was the one year where Matt Stoney won. He doesn't even compete anymore. Like he still is a comp- he still eats on YouTube. Like he, he stopped does the challenges. last time. The last time he appeared in the hot dog eating contest was 2019. Right. Yeah. And and so here's the thing, right? All right. Joey Chestnut, I can I am I am unironically saying that Joey Chestnut's an American hero. This guy, this is the 15th year that he has won the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest and kept the mustard belt in the United States. Um, and Stoney, being American, he kept it in for the one year he was he was the champion, too. For people who remember back when, like, Kobayashi was doing his thing, it seemed like that guy was unbeatable. Chestnut came around and never looked back. Um, the, the I always forget the guy's name. The guy who runs uh, Major League Eating, who, who does the introductions and stuff. He's the best ring announcer in in sports, this guy. Like, it's him, MLJ, and Bruce Buffer. Like, those are, like, the three for me of, like, of, of, of hype men. Um, Paul Heyman's up there a lot, too, for me. But, dude, I – the fact that this man was wearing a boot up there, like he was injured going into going into this contest. Granted, he doesn't need his foot to eat, but like the training it takes, people don't realize like you have to be in like incredible shape to eat at the level that he eats at because he is doing nothing but chewing and sweating and stuffing his face for 10 minutes straight. He looks like he just went through an MMA fight by the time he's done. I mean, he's just covered in sweat. And it just... <laughs> to see him he went into it injured so he couldn't train like he normally could still ate 63 hot dogs I, I believe was his number his record is 76 um but he still won by like 20 hot dogs over the over second place and also took the time to choke out an intruder like this th- this guy i mean this is as pro wrestling as it gets there there was a mustard belt on the line it is it is representing your country against the world it is putting someone in a chokehold mid competition. It's still beating second place by 20 hot dogs. And I'll always say this about Joey Chestnut back in 2020, when COVID started getting real bad and all the sports shut down and the WWE was still trying to figure out the best route of how to do their shows. And UFC was, was moving everything to the apex. The world needed something. We had no sports. We, we were all stuck at home. We're all terrified of, of this whole COVID thing. Joey Chestnut goes out there. At that point in his life, he had his record was 74. He made sure to slug down 75 that day to give America a W and have us something, give us something to cheer for when we were all stuck at home, fearing what the future was. The next year, same situation. COVID's still happening. Things are getting a little more normal, but it's still COVID and people are still at home and people are still miserable because we needed something to cheer for. That man put down 76 hot dogs. Like he beat himself by one hot dog. He beat everyone else by like 25, like second place, like 25 behind him. Like I have to give this man credit. Is eating hot dogs kind of silly as a profession? Yes, absolutely. Like it sounds preposterous, but at the end of the day, you have to respect what this man is doing. He is dominant in his field and there is no one even close right now to sniffing beating him for for this title anytime soon 
Also, one quick other shout out to Megabyte Ronnie, who is a professional wrestler who we have seen on AEW, who is in this competition himself. So, um, so anyways, I'm a fan of Joey Chestnut. I always call him American hero Joey Chestnut. People think I'm kidding. I kind of say it kind of tongue tongue in cheek because I know it sounds funny, but this dude legitimately is like, I mean, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's war veterans and then chestnut as far as like america for me like it's like the the war veterans are up at the top chestnuts right there right below him <laughs> um right below them so um so i think people just need to give this man his respect um people really care about him for about 10 minutes a year and when he has that 10 minutes to shine he shows out and uh he's dominant so shout out to american hero joey chestnut for once again winning the nathan's famous hot dog eating contest on the fourth of july in coney island can we get Megabyte Ronnie on this show? I feel like we probably could. We follow each other on Twitter. I could probably get him on probably pretty easy. I actually, I actually, I almost messaged him to try to get him on for today, but I was like, because we all, we do our interviews on, on Tuesday nights usually. And I was like, it's kind of screwed up to like hit this guy up the day after he just ate as many hot dogs yeah. as he possibly could. Like it might not be the best time to interview him, but I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to him and see if he wants to come on the show to, to discuss this soon. Like I, I'm totally down. All right, we'll try. We'll try to get uh, him on there. They look the hot dog eating contest is total pro wrestling. They they missed the big angle with Kobayashi and and Chestnut because now Kobayashi is like pretty much done. But well, when, Kobayashi got shunned because he that's started, what I'm saying. Like, showing up like, they, rogue, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he showed up. He, he was doing it like on the rooftop across the street and everything. Like <laughs> the fact that they could not get them for one more showdown after he was barred from the competitions and stuff. Big missed opportunity there. It yeah. is total pro wrestling. They do need to find some challengers for Joey Chestnut. I'm tired of watching this man just dominate everybody. Where's Eater X? My man Eater X. He's he was there. He was there, but he wasn't in the competition. He was like up in like the in like the VIP area of like the hot dog stuff, but he, he yes. had his face paint on as I saw him there, but yeah. Uh, let's move on to our, to our indie <laughs> spotlight guys. If you haven't watched the hot dog eating competition, it's so pro wrestling. It's it, I watch it every it's year. Good. It's so much. It's fun. so good. It's so well, it's funny. Cause it's, it's funny because like I texted you and I was like, Hey man, I'm definitely going to talk about the hot dog eating contest on the spotlight. And you sent me a picture of you watching it. And I was yeah. like, perfect. Like, <laughs> He's like, you better be watching like the hot dog eating contest. Like, you know me, Jensen. Like, I'm watching this. I'm watching every single year. The kids were the kids came in and like they're eating a bunch of hot dogs. Like the, the kids were totally sold on this too. It was great. Yes. Indie spotlight, Steven Jensen. I'm gonna give a big mother fucking shout out. Give it shout yeah. out. Yeah. Give it shout out. Yeah. Uh we will we will start with your indie spotlight. Actually, let's start with mine because I think you have a good rant or good topic on the, the death match. Mine got about is like IWT- six, seven minutes. So yeah, yeah, Yes. Perfect. Mine is the IWTV introducing tag team titles now to go along with everything they're doing on Uncharted Territory, which has been great weekly television and people have not been watching it. AC Max still the still the champion, uh, having great matches on Uncharted Territory. Now they have the tag team titles. Feels like it's designed for Violence is Forever to just murder some people for this thing. Uh, what do you think of the, the tag team title since you are the, the king of the indies here on the show? I agree with everything you just said. Um, I think on Char- Uncharted Territory has been a great show. I review it every Sunday on the Fightful Select Weekender podcast. We, we review every episode of Uncharted Territory there. So check that out if you haven't already. I go in, in and in, I deep dive that stuff. Um, I, I think that Balance is Forever is like pretty clearly the team that should win it. They've won, they, they do IWTV awards every year. And I think for the last three years, VIF is one tag team of the year. And it would just make sense. Now, if they're going to have access potentially to teams like Motor City Machine Guns and 
um, and that kind of stuff. I could see it may, maybe something like that. I mean, we've seen Alex Shelley as IWTV champion fairly recently and stuff. And, um, but I think, I think Koo and Garini just makes the most sense to hold those titles. They already have the action titles, the subtitles. I, they might still have the BLP titles. Um, I mean, they have like five sets of tag titles right now. And then Q also has the action world title or, or heavyweight title, I should say um greenie's been a former sub bone storm champion and so i mean they're they're draped in gold already and it would make the most sense for them to be the iwtv champions so um, my prediction is that balance is forever wins those titles and then your indie spotlight this week is pretty much the state of deathmatch wrestling because we saw some some big injuries hoodfoot got cut by by light tubes cole and who knows how long he's going to be out for and cole radrick also got cut cole uh former guest on the show but deathmatch wrestling steven jensen yeah and cole's already back i mean he came back very quickly um but it's insane man yeah yeah and hoodfoot i'm not sure how long he'll be out for um that i just want to throw it it, it did you know and, and and i just want to throw that out this out there on the show today you know i'm very um i said this on the weekender as well but um I'm very like, I don't know if liberal is the right word, but like, I, I'm really big on adults doing what adults want to do. And I'm really big on like other adults, not telling adults how to live their life. So I'm one of these people that like, I'm not against deathmatch wrestling. As a matter of fact, I'm a, I'm a fan of it at this point. You know, I, I used to not like it cause I, I, I'm not big on blood. Um, but I, it's one of those things where it really earned my respect over the years. And I really have a lot of respect for the people that, that do those matches and in the fan bases that they, that they've gained and, and stuff. And so I want to preface everything I'm going to say by saying like, I don't think they need to stop deathmatch wrestling or anything like that. I mean, even on the same shows that like, even on the same show that Hoodfoot got hurt, there was like three more death matches on that same show and everything went fine. You know, it's like, but my point is I care about guys like Cole Radrick, you know, that like we, we've, formed a little bit of a relationship with um i i care about guys like hoodfoot who i don't really know on a personal level but i've interacted with on twitter and and he's we have a lot of mutual friends and, and he's a guy that i care about whether he knows or cares like i care about these guys and i'm just afraid i just don't want it to go too far like years ago nick gage literally died during a death match and had to yeah. be revived i mean my 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 point i guess in bringing this up is as a fan it's so, so this isn't an apples to apples type comparison, but just people understand where I'm going with this. If I were to go back right now and watch like any of Chris Benoit's matches, I'm just going to feel incredibly guilty. Cause I'm like, dude, I feel like I contributed to like watching this man destroy his brain. Like I, I, I don't condone Chris Benoit, by the way, like I'm not a fan of his at this point. We're not getting into that discussion. No, 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 no. But my point is this, like, I don't want to support something that could like really, really, really be bad. Like, I don't want to be watching a match with Hoodfoot and he gets cut open. And like, I watch this man die because he bleeds out. Like, I don't want to be supporting something that like, I know is like really, maybe really screwing somebody up. And the Benoit comparison isn't the best, but the, 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 my, my point with it is like when you're watching something in hindsight, you start to feel like really guilty and it makes you, it just makes you feel really, really dirty. Cause you're like, did I contribute to this at all by like, by supporting this? And I just don't want to watch death matches for guys like Hoodfoot and guys like Cole Radrick and all these other people who do this. 
and in the back of my mind being like, I really hope they don't go too far. You know, I just, I just don't, it, it, it hits harder when like in back-to-back days, this happens and it's very similar circumstances and they're all in deathmatch wrestling. They're constantly trying to one up, one up everything. So like, you know, more weapons, more blood, more this and that, more danger. And on one hand, it makes it really entertaining because sometimes you get these death matches that seem completely unreal. And you're like, these people are superhuman for doing this. Like, and it's really impressive. But then you see something happen to like what, what happened with Hoodfoot. And it's like, damn, dude, like that could have been really, really, really bad. Like, I mean, it was bad. He wound up in the hospital. I heard he had to get like stitches and staples and stuff. And it's like, you know, I support deathmatch wrestling. I support the people who do it. I support the companies who promote it. I support the fan base who loves it. I'm part of that fan base. Um, I just feel like we needed to bring some attention to it today. And just, you know, everyone just needs to kind of know. And even the wrestlers themselves, like, I already respect what you're doing. What you're doing is already superhuman. Not the superhuman kid that used to, like, jump off his house or whatever. But super, oh, super, <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about that guy. But, like, you know what I mean? It's just one of those things where, like, I'm a fan of it. And I don't want to, like, stop being a fan because I'm, I'm too afraid of, like, them going too far. I don't, I don't want it to become a regular thing where I see somebody, like, bleeding out in the ring and having to be, like, rushed to the hospital. And then having to get updates from other wrestlers like, yo, is, is Hoodfoot okay? Is Cole okay? Like, like I'm legitimately concerned that, that you know, they might have taken it too far. And that that's really my whole thing is, like, I want them to keep doing what they're doing. I'm a fan of what they do. I just want them to make sure they're being a little bit safer in what they're doing just because I don't want to support something that's going to get somebody like really, really messed up. I'm, I'm totally with you. You know, we've had people who like Cole Roger on the show and they talk about they're doing a death match. I was like, you've got to be a certain type of crazy to do a, a death match. And look, shout out to those guys for actually getting in there and doing it. There is a safe way to do it. There's a certain way to do it where people can be protected. It is not always my cup of tea. I do enjoy some of it, but these injuries, they're they're going to happen. And maybe they got to just cut back on like some light tube stuff because it seems like light tubes are a big thing. And I know, again, they're trying to do it safely, but that's glass. Like That's glass that's going to cut you. And you cut a main vein, an artery, something like that. It's done. And that's what happened to Gage. It was a light tube. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like maybe you just got to cut out some of these these light tube spots and stuff and make it just a, somehow a little bit safer. But it's a big it's a big appeal. Uh, the 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 light tubes being part of the death match and unfortunately these things are probably going to continue to happen until they can make it somehow even safer. And I don't know how they do that beyond what they've already tried to do. I just hope nothing bad like happens beyond just okay guys get sort of cut because you can stitch heal a cut if you do hit a major artery or something that could be that yeah exactly so i'll I'll wrap up by saying this is nothing against hoodfoot it's nothing against cole this is actually the complete opposite it's because i care about these guys and i'm a fan and i just want i just want them to be healthy safe have long prosperous careers just uh it would just be a tragedy if something bad happened because they felt like they needed to go just that one step farther um, now, granted, what they got hurt doing, like, was pretty basic as far as, like, deathmatch wrestling. Like, we see people get hit with light tubes all the time, and most of the time, nothing bad happens. But, man, if something did, it's just, I would just feel so guilty being a part of that as a fan. So, um, so yeah, shout out Hoodfoot, shout out Cole Radrick, fan of you guys. Keep doing your thing. Stay safe out there. Have 
kick-ass careers and uh, i'm gonna support y'all either way it's just i got i got, I just got i got a little bit worried this weekend seeing it so yeah uh stay safe just in these death matches however you can i know that seems like an oxymoron stay safe in a death match uh <laughs> but you know however you can just just stay safe and hopefully it doesn't go far enough to where hey this happened and now we're just doing no more death matches ever uh jensen i know you gotta run we're gonna go to our creators spotlight but jensen go ahead and get all your plugs in right fast Fightful Select Weekender podcast every Sunday, FightfulSelect.com, talking indie wrestling and a whole bunch of other stuff. Every Tuesday, RVD Tito for Life, myself and Doug do a show, 10, 10 p.m. Eastern, every Tuesday night. We had SP3 on this past week, if you want to check that out. This week, we're having Moe's on the show, who's been a part of the spotlight before as well. Uh, John Mosley, Jumpin' Johnny Mosley, Moe's, KOBK, whatever you want to call him. He'll be on there uh, this upcoming Tuesday. So uh, check that out. Follow me on Twitter at Fight Talk underscore. I'll keep all the leaks updated for what I got going on. And I'm going to go clock in for my shoot job. There you go. Appreciate it, Jensen. As always, guys, in a creator spotlight this week, we have Samira, who has done work. Oh, man, Jensen just left me. And now I'm, I'm uh, day after dynamite with the split screen here. I'll keep that. Everyone can can watch my cameo appearance on Day After Dynamite uh, later on today, whenever Will Washington decides to go live. He has free reign to do whatever he wants, so I just let him go live whenever he wants. Uh, we have Samira, who has, has done work for sites like SE Scoops and, and Wrestling News. She is now doing interviewing and corresponding work for independent promotions. Uh, she is fantastic. She, she rules. Everyone can go follow her on uh via samira on twitter her handle will be up in, in our spotlight uh very fun interview talking about how she got into wrestling the work she's currently doing i asked her if she will fight denise salcedo so everyone can can stick around for for that answer i try to create a war you know last week i'm asking people to cut alex mccarthy this week who's gonna fight denise salcedo trying to start a wrestling media war where only i survive uh guys we appreciate it again we're gonna throw to our creator spotlight with our pal samira here we go Welcome back to the Creator Spotlight here on the Spotlight. And joining us this week, wrestling personality, wrestling interviewer, wrestling correspondent, Samira. Samira, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you guys for having me on. Thanks thanks for joining us. So you were on uh, Day After Dynamite with our pal Will Washington last week. And I do my usual run-in on that show. And we've, we've, we've talked on Twitter a bunch of times. And that, that was the first time we've actually like seen each other virtually and met each other through, through virtually. I was like, oh, well, you know, if you're free this week, come on the show and, and we will chat with, uh, chat with you on the spotlight. So we appreciate you joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, that was such a funny little interaction the first time we went. And you would you talk about the Stanley Cup and you're like, oh, did they come to your door, Will? I thought that was so funny. <laughs> I just started making run-ins and just talking hockey with Will. And I don't know how uncomfortable that the guests uh, get because they're like, why is this idiot on my, our wrestling show talking hockey? But I, I do my little cameo. So it seems like most people enjoy it. We appreciate you uh joining us again and so for for those that don't know like what what do you have going on in the wrestling media landscape nowadays well things lately have been a little slow you know i've touched upon lately that i had been going through a little bit of imposter syndrome but you know i'm you know pulling through but right now i'm looking to you know revive up my youtube channel we're getting interviews back again vlogs like everybody seems to love those when i post those and you know it takes a lot of independent bookings as i work with high tension wrestling camp leapfrog and you know little places here and there but I, i'm sure a lot of stuff will be coming soon as i will be heading to nashville for SummerSlam weekend 
There you go. Now, how did you get started in like the wrestling media landscape, this crazy world that we're all part of? So it's actually a funny story. Like, well, I've grown up watching wrestling since I was a little kid. And so I made it into the Twitterverse when I was a teenager and like stuck with it. And as I was going to college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I went to community college and I ended up coming to the point where I wanted to do communications or teaching. And at that time I had been posting on my YouTube channel, like a bunch of different stuff. And then I got, you know, this website had like, you know, reported something and I was like, oh, that like doesn't seem right or something. And we were just like talking and they're like, hey, we're looking for an interviewer, like for the channel. Like, do you want to try it out? Like, and I was like, hmm, I'm like, well, I'm already thinking of going into communications. Like, let's test this out. Maybe like then this is what I meant to do. Did the interview and and that the rest was history. Like I just joined on their team as the interviewer at the time and it it just went like that. And I've been doing this since 2018. So, so longtime wrestling fan, who are, if you have one favorite wrestler, definitely mention them, but who are some of your favorite wrestlers growing up as a fan before you started like interviewing wrestlers and like getting involved yourself? Oh, number one, I always say this everywhere, Randy Orton, like mm. one of the reasons why I started watching wrestling and of course like John Cena, because at that time period, that's when they were like the biggest faces in, you know, the company. So them, they were like big faces, you know, Triple H, Batista, like I love all that kind of era, the 06, 07 area type of people. So they're some of my favorite people. There's been about three million John Cena and Randy Orton matches. Do you does one in particular stick out to you? Oh gosh, I really like the one that they did at TLC. Oh my god, what year was that? I feel so old now. Uh, when they did it for the WWE <laughs> Championship at the World Heavyweight Championship, that one was really okay. good. That was a ladder match, wasn't it? Yeah. Because I remember him like Orton, like Orton won that right, and he he grabbed both titles. Yeah, I remember that yeah. one. Yeah, I still yeah. think that was like one of the coolest things ever. <laughs> that was the joke of just, hey, we're going to do John Cena and Randy Orton. Once again, here we go. Of, co of course, this is what we're going to do. What do you make of Orton's run? I mean, he's still, he's he's injured right now, but him and Cena still, Cena less so going strong at 20 years, but he did just return. Orton like legitimately is still going strong and doing some of the, the best work he's done in a while this year. Like, what, do you, what have you made of Randy Orton in 2021 and 2022 before he got injured? I think he's, you know, doing amazing. He still has it and he works well with all the younger guys and he helps them out. And I like, you know, at first I wasn't like a big fan of him and like Riddle teaming up, but then like it grew on me as it went along. So it's pretty cool to see where he's like come from, like even the beginning of his career to now, because he still has it and he still wants to work and help others out. And I like love to see where they're taking him. And it just, and it fits like any role that you put him in, he does really well at. Yeah, he seems to be having a lot of fun, too, nowadays. Like, I feel like he feels like the pressure's kind of off him now. Like, he's one of the biggest stars that they have that's, like, still there. That's, like, a really recognizable, like, worldwide superstar and all that stuff. But, like, it, it's, it feels like recently he's kind of, like, taken a step back and been like, all right, I'm kind of the veteran now. Like, everyone respects me. I don't really need to prove anything anymore. Now I'm just going to smoke weed with this guy and just kind of, like, do whatever. <laughs> 
because <laughs> he was always notorious too for he was like one of those guys who would always like pay the fine back when they were getting tested and he would just like fail pay the fine now he's teaming with a guy who because i saw i saw them joking about how i think wharton said that riddle rose his uh, his favorite strain so that's why they teamed together like that's what they were joking about so i think it's kind of cool to see where randy orton's at in his career right now kind of like taking himself a little less seriously because like he already knows he's the man and like everyone else knows he's the man at this point so like he just seems to be in kind of a cool place in his career oh 100 percent. needs to needs to get healthy hopefully he's back at some point uh this year so you've done a lot of interviews for for various outlets is there one interview in particular that that kind of sticks out to you of like all right that one that one went really well and that one was like a dream and honor to to do oh oh my gosh there's been so many and like i always say each one is like my favorite because it's each one has something and it's just like so amazing i think man i think the one has to be the recent one a couple months ago with will osprey because i just was not expecting that one to happen at all i really didn't and like it was it was great you know we got on and like we did what we had to do like and he said what he had to say you know and i came in with questions like they how new japan has theirs like i have to write them in before we do the interview and like you know they pre-approve and he has to pre-approve and you know it was nice then getting to talk to him and then he's like you know doing what he does and playing his character and like really just like bringing it out and i love that that's like one of my favorite things then with interviewing too is like seeing that side of the character to them besides their personal self it's just Oh my god, it's just so amazing to see. But yeah, I think he was definitely like one of the coolest ones I've done so far because I'm just like, dang, I didn't think this would ever happen. Awesome. I remember I, watching. I'm sorry, watching that one where because he talks about like Danielson and, and Punk and like wanting to to wrestle them. I remember watching and and transcribing stuff from that. I am curious, like you said that he like he has to pre-approve stuff and it gets pre-approved through through New Japan. Have you like run into that? elsewhere because jensen and i we mainly do like uh interviews with like independent wrestlers and whatnot but when we did interview call fredericks like there was nothing like that so is that happened elsewhere where it's like okay submit these questions and this is what you have to stick with so i think i've only had that with new japan so i also did like fredericks and kid before and i've done barrett brown but for them i didn't have to pre-approve question for i don't know if it's because maybe osprey is one of their bigger stars I don't think I've ran into anything with AEW before where I had to get pre-approved questions, but yeah, I, they emailed me said, Hey, like what questions do you want to ask? So the first bunch of questions I sent over, there were a couple that they were like, Hey, like we can't have you ask that. And actually one of them was about like Danielson and Omega and stuff. They're like, Oh, you can't say that. So, you know, I'm just rolling with the interview. We're talking and he brings it up and I'm like, okay, so maybe he must've been comfortable to talk about it. And he said it. And then they, then I have to send them the interview back where they have to then approve of it, which I had to do with Fredericks and Kid as well, where I had to send them the interview. They have to like transcribe it from English to Japanese, make sure everything was right before you can post it. Interesting. Interesting. I wonder if that is the reason with Osprey. I mean, he is pretty high status. Like he might just be a bit more careful about what gets out there and it also could just it could be on new japan as well that's interesting um i know you, you mentioned you um you're going to be in nashville for SummerSlam, uh for SummerSlam weekend or week or all this stuff going on 
Um, I was I was considering going, and then Cody got hurt, and I was like, well, that's the whole reason I wanted to go, so I'm just not going. Even though I lived in Nashville for like 10 years, and it's like my favorite city, and I'm still considering going maybe for GCW, and if I'm there for GCW, then maybe I'll also go to Flair's last match because, you know, why not? But um, what kind of stuff do you have lined up for Nashville that, like, you're really looking forward to? Well, I'm really excited to see a bunch of like, you know, my friends in the business. I haven't seen like a lot of them since Dallas or even before Dallas. So I'm really excited to see them mostly and like, you know, hang out with them, film some collabs with some people. You know, we're going to try and get some interviews down there. Hopefully maybe work a show. We're going to, you know, try and see that out. But I'm just really looking forward to being surrounded by everybody and like, just connecting with everybody, meeting new people. Cause that's like my favorite thing to do as well. Besides like interviewing, it's just traveling and meeting people that love the same thing as I do. It's such a small world thing too. Cause like years ago I met people in person that like, I just met through other wrestling fans. And then like years later we went up, wound up like working together or like, you know, like it's just, it just, it's, it becomes such like a small world kind of close knit community. Um, so that's that was one of the coolest things about like when kind of the COVID stuff kind of started wrapping up more and people started getting out more was like me going out to like independent wrestling shows was like, man, I miss this. I miss being around other wrestling fans. So like you're going to have a great time in Nashville. Are you going to go to SummerSlam as well or just kind of the peripheral stuff? Yeah, probably go to SummerSlam and a bunch of the other shows, you know, GCW probably Thinking of Ric Flair's last match because I kind of want to see that. That's like you know. Why do you guys pissed? want to see? Why do you guys want to see a man potentially <laughs> like not keel over in the middle of the ring? Why? I mean, like I feel like just because it's going to be so historic because he's had like this long career and then this is like his actual final match. Maybe. So I'm just like that sounds like you know interesting. You just like want to <laughs> be there for it. You'll be like, "Oh, I got to be there." I I understand that. that yeah. That's kind of how I feel about it too because it's like and also like being from Nashville, I know they're going to be doing the Municipal Auditorium, which is like a really cool venue and like the rest of the card looks pretty stacked. Like they put a lot of really good matches up. Like I think Motor City Machine Guns versus The Wolves is on that too. I mean, it's like a really good card. Uh, granted, you know, listen, I don't want to see Ric Flair. Like, I don't want to see him. I, I, I don't even want to put this out in the world. Y'all know where I'm going with this. I don't want to see anything bad happen to that guy with like his medical history and his age and stuff. But like, if no one's going to stop him from doing it, it's just one of those things where it's like, all right, well, I guess I'll go. Like, if I'm in town, I'll I'll go watch it because like it would be cool to be there. But I also feel like if he can wrestle this match, he's going to keep wrestling more matches too. So like, I feel like this might just be kind of a, a sure, a, a facade, I guess, if you will, but that's cool. Have you ever been to Nashville? This will be my first time going. So I'm really excited, but I also agree with you, like how it is a good card. Cause you're getting like multiple stuff from other companies where you're seeing like MLW impact. Like there's so many people coming in for this. So let's like, also you're getting shows basically shows from different uh, promotions as well. So like, why not? Yeah. Have they announced his opponent yet? Rick Flair? Uh, for Flair? No, no. Flair, Flair's opponent has not been announced. Um, I'm pretty confident it was going to be Matt Cardona and he is hurt and they can't do it. I, I think that's oh, really maybe I think so. Just my guess. But because I would have been, see, I think it's going to be a championship and it kind of would have made sense. I think it's going to be some type of multi-man match. I don't think Flair is doing a singles match. I just, I feel like Jared's going to be involved because Jared was heavily yeah. in that press conference and, and Jeff Jarrett ties with Conrad and everything. 
Jared's going to angle himself into just another payday because that's what Jeff Jarrett does. Bless that man. Uh, Samir, how'd you You're get involved? Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. What I was going to say, well, no, I was just going to start deep diving into their their history with, with Jarrett. The horsemen. The horsemen. Yeah. And the whole thing. Yeah. So anyways, um, that's a little bit before <laughs> – your time maybe if, if you're more like randy orton era you might have just been a little late on the jeff jarrett in the four horsemen wcw stuff that we're talking about here that's what we you know i got like peacock for watch all yes. the ones I, I love like going back and look at it, the old stuff because it's cool it's good to know that stuff as well and it's like see it all play out i love that yeah well me and jeremy are just old guys at this point we're like the yeah. That's... We're like the old school, like, I mean, we're in our early 30s. I'll get into our mid 30s, man. Like, it's getting... why are you aging us? We're just old. Just just say we're old. Because <laughs> we got to we got to get our stuff out there before all the the new school, like, you know, Samara and, and Bustle and Malcolm and Jay Shell and all these people wind up taking all of our spots. Like, it's inevitable. So let's let's. let's... No, we all all help each other out. We all know. Oh my gosh, I do not. We do not step on anybody's toes. We help each other out around here. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be Triple H. Just hold all these young talents back. That's why they're on our show every other month. We've we've legitimately interviewed all three of y'all now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Oh yeah. But now I gotta start burying you guys because you are young and up and coming. See, it's like it's like it's like yeah. So it's like being. around uh you know nick wayne and starboy charlie and billy starks and marcus mathers and just knowing like the future's all right there like we're all toast what's these what's what's these kids get up to where we're at we're all toast anyways um no what was your next question jerry all, all that was nonsense that i just you know. <laughs> I, I was gonna ask how you got linked up with camp leapfrog and uh high tension how you started uh working and doing stuff with them so last year um, that's when I started getting more into independent shows, like working wise, I really wanted to do that. So I hit up my good friend, Sam Laterna, who is a, you know, wrestling broadcaster here in like the Northeast. And she travels out. I was like, Hey, you know, I'm really wanting to, you know, get into independence. Like, could you help me out? Like, you know, I ran through a announcing thing with her. Like I sent her something and we were just talking and she was working with Camp Frog. So she's like, you know, I think, you know, it would be a good fit there. Like, let I'll let you talk to whoever was in charge at the time and you know we were talking and then I was talking to Alex and Maestro who own High Tension as well as Camp Leaf Frog and we discussed things and then once I started doing one show we were doing more and like I'm so grateful that they continue to bring me in and that is basically my home promotion now and I like continue to learn and they have me do stuff and I get to meet like so many amazing people that are in this area as well and it's just been like so much fun and it's always a great time. uh, Does Camp Leapfrog still run on IWTV or did they change platforms you know? So we did go on a hiatus last year and from what i've been hearing we are coming back very soon i can't i can't tell you when i but i do know that we are returning and high tension is actually having a show at the end of the month which i'm sadly gonna be missing to be in nashville gotcha gotcha i can't believe frog hasn't run since like around like october or so something like that yes we took a hiatus for reasons and okay, um sure, sure, sure. yeah no, we have to get yeah. into all that i just I, it's a great it's a great company and you know i'm i'm very yeah. big on independentwrestling.tv and i i noticed that it, it's been a minute but it's good to know that uh that that's going to be coming back because yeah a lot of a lot of good talent good area for people to be wrestling in and stuff so it's cool that you're involved with that very cool 
it's so much fun. I had like as soon as like I got there the first time and we started doing like filming and stuff, it's it's just everyone's so welcoming and it's just such a fun, you know, environment to be around. So I, I'm so glad, you know, they continue to bring me in and they're very supportive and all nice. Like I have the best time with them. Anybody on from either one of those companies like stand out to you? As Jensen said, he's he is Mister Independent, uh, king king of the Indies. Stephen Jensen. Any names that like stand out to you? Of like, okay, this is a guy that or a girl that like kind of keep your eye on here. Oh, definitely. I I say this everywhere. It's Darius Carter. Every time I work with him, like when we were doing like a maybe a backstage segment, like how he does his promos and gets into his character, I'm just like, oh my gosh. And then how he wrestles, like his presence, like, oh my God, he's like a great heel. Like I'd love to see him go really, really far, really far. Oh my God, a woman. Oh my God, there's so many. Because oh, I, I, I think of everybody because everybody does such a great job there. And I'm just like, they're all good. Shay McCoy is also really good. She's good with Ben Weber, Hatfield you know who recently took off his mask so that was like really interesting but they're a good that tag was team. weird yeah <laughs> yeah it was, and then like getting to be there like um at then the lvac show where a very good professional wrestler or avery good like you know retired so like it, it was sad seeing that too so it's it's fun because you make friends here and like you get to go to these shows and it's sad then you see them you know go yes for those of you who might not know a very good Avery good Harvey, the former Dasher Hatfield so um you know there was a lot of gimmick changes around uh once again stuff we don't have to get into but but Boomer Hatfield big fan of him as well like to see him take the mask off and it was funny because when he took his mask off I remember Twitter being like this is like a really handsome guy like why was he in the mask to begin with like all the girls were like dude this guy's really good looking like so I thought that was pretty funny. I like Shane McCoy as well. Yeah. Um, the out the outfielders was was that that team. Um, yeah, they had a lot of really good talent go through there. Um, Maxi Impaler, I know, has gone through there. I like Bobby Orlando and uh Rob Killjoy a lot. Those guys are like kind of southeast guys that I know have, have made their way out there. So yeah, you're you're surrounded by great talent. Darius Carter, I think is a really good shout out as well. Someone who doesn't get enough uh enough love, probably still flying a little under the radar, but like doing really well. So yeah. Awesome. Sarah, what are some of your goals, uh, long-term, short-term, just just goals in in wrestling or life? Well, long-term is definitely, you know, I would love to sign a contract with the wrestling promotion one day, like with the TV deal to be like their on-air correspondent. That is my biggest dream. And, you know, hopefully it comes true one day, you know, just working hard to get there. Short-term, um, I just really want to work more independent shows to like, I want to continue to learn to do better and like keep traveling out. Cause I, I've been doing a lot of recently in the past year, doing a lot of shows. So I, and I want to keep doing more and learning, like learn ring announcing. I tried out commentary. Don't feel like it's for me, but it was a great opportunity, but you know, I just want to continue to learn and like do more podcasts with people talk about wrestling. I feel like I don't do that enough and I love doing that. So, you know, and like of, of course travel and just be with a bunch of friends because i love being surrounded by people that love the same thing as i do we just talk and have a good time and then watch all the wrestling yeah. could you beat up denise salcedo <laughs> does denise know how to wrestle i mean she, she knows how to sean out of the ring oh yeah 
punch Sean Ross Sapp in the dick. She knew how yeah. to do that. She's that very so short. Funny. I feel like does you could she, just like kick her. Does she know how like has she trained before? I don't think so. I don't I don't think so. I could uh, be yeah. mistaken, but I don't think I know, so. I don't I don't know for sure, but I mean it's pretty likely she has. I, I, I would say that she's she's probably had just a little less training than Louis Dangor has, probably. Oh gosh. Because he went Louis Dangor. Huh? I, I'm asking Samara if she could beat up Louis Dangor. Just beat these people up. Jeremy just wants me to beat up everybody. I asked, I asked last week for Alex McCarthy to be cut with a sword. So yeah, oh you my did. God. Yeah. Everyone thinks Jeremy. everyone thinks I'm friends with all these media people. I'm trying to pit everybody against each other, and then I'm just the last person standing. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy oh has God. some has some weird like wrestling media hit list that he's just been like casually trying to like yep. slide his 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 <laughs> list through like to other people. Um yeah, at least I'll so, say it was my funny. Swifty bestie. I don't want her oh, to get beat yeah. up. I just I was trying to, you know, break break the uh break the silence there to see if you could just fight Denise Alcedo. Oh my she god. She does all the, the ring announcing and commentary and all this stuff. You know, she's she's in a very prominent position. Just beat her up, take her spot. No cash in oh the money god. in the bank briefcase on her. Oh my gosh, no. I actually don't know how to wrestle like i don't know if i would want to be a wrestler though because like i don't know if i could take the pain but i always say like i want to get in the ring to learn the basics because i feel that's very important to know in this business but i am not going to beat up denise she's doing a great <laughs> job we're not going to beat up denise <laughs> wow. we yeah. love denise I... salcedo here this gets back to where denise big swifty kisses to you have, have you taken any bumps before jeremy in a, in a wrestling ring in a wrestling ring? No, I took one on the floor. I just, you know, I, I did a psychosis I, leg drop. I, I remember. Yeah. yeah, that was epic. Yeah, no, that was I, on the I've floor. Did you have some pillows down on the ground or something for that at least? Kayfabe, brother. Kayfabe. Okay, okay, okay. Right on, right on the right on the ground. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, nice. Um, I've, I've done it before. Like, I've never, I've never, like, wrestled in, like, wrestled, but, like, I've taken bumps in a ring before and, like, it is, yeah, it's very, very painful. It's one of those things It's just, like, Yep, this is, they're not kidding. For me, it was always the travel. I was like, I would never be able to get into a business like this because I don't like flying in airplanes and stuff. So like, I was like, this is just not going to be for me, but I can cover it. I can do that. I, I, that's how I can get involved. Is I can I can be a guy talking about wrestling and then I can I can do something. I'm going to steal fight. Oh, go ahead, Jeremy. Go. I think it's cool and I think it's good that you want to at least get in there and like learn the basics because I know interviewers aren't like, they're not always getting physical and stuff. And a lot of promotions are like that. But if by chance you just need to take a bump for an angle or a storyline, then you, you'll be practiced in that. And you at least will, you understand what these men and women go through when they're in there wrestling around and uh, wear and tear on their body for however many nights a week. So I do think that's good that you're like, yeah, I'd like to at least get in there and, and try it out and, and see what might happen. Have you talked to anybody about potentially like, Hey, can I just like take a basic class or anything like that? So um, I was talking with Barrett Brown. He's one of my good friends in professional wrestling. And, you know, we're like, oh, like, if you know, we're ever in like the same area and there's a ring, you know, I asked him if he could, you know, teach me. That would be really cool because he does like run at a school in Texas. So I think that would be cool. Like I said, like I'm down to learn to see, you know, what they go through. Like, you know, they, you know, God bless them. They could do it. I can't like I can't take 
pain and things like that but I want to know like what it's like for them to go through that and then like you said if there's ever a time where I'm going to need to take a bump or something then I'll know and be prepared for it because you know you just never know nowadays yeah yeah I know uh, a lot of wrestlers credit like Bobby the Brain Heenan they say like he was a great worker like people don't really realize it like but like he could really like go in the ring or at least he could take a lot of really good bumps and that added to his character so much because it it's not just a guy out there just talking trash over and over that never gets his come up and like eventually he's gonna get knocked over and the crowd's gonna go crazy and he's gonna get some payback. Um, so I like that a lot, Jeremy. I've, I'm gonna steal the question you normally ask this week. Okay. Okay. What is the coolest thing in the room that you're in right now? We'd like you to show us on camera if you can. Oh, we ask everybody. That's actually a good question. Yes, this is our this is our closer for for everybody to you know, kind of show off their their personality and what they're proud of. You know, it could be whatever. What's the be. flag behind you? Oh, well. so maybe it is what's behind me. The flag behind me is the Lebanese flag. I am Lebanese, and that's where I come from. I wasn't born there, but you know, my parents were, and. This is where I'm from. It's a big part of who I am. And um, that's why I always have it in like all my social media. I have like my name written out in Arabic. I have the flag in my bio because it's very important to me and where I come from. And especially there's not a lot of Arabs in the business. There's very few of us. And like I like to represent where I come from. So maybe this is, you know, you know, the thing that's like most coolest, most valuable thing for me right now in this room is this. I like it. I like yeah. it. Do you, do you have any any like wrestling stuff laying around by chance? Oh, oh my god, yes I do. There is it's a lot of it is under the bed, but I think one of the coolest things, oh my god, my earpiece fell out. You're you're good. <laughs> I recently got this a couple of months ago. I I mean it's not anything to like, you know, a lot of people, but it is to me. Oh, this is the wrong one. So, you know, when you go to shows and you get, like, um, for media, you get, like, your passes. So, I save all of mine because I think they're, like, the coolest thing ever. But the one that I really liked the most was the one that I got from um, NWA. I went in to do just interviews for the channel I was working for at the time. And they just, like, you know, they gave me the badge. I had, like, the best time because this comes with, like, a really cool memory like I had the best time in Atlanta and everybody was like so nice to me I know everybody and I talk to them and then when I always see them they're like hey when are you gonna come back for a show and stuff like that so I don't know I just like had a good time so these usually hold a lot of like memories like cool things that I do I like to keep all that stuff like tickets and stuff like that I think that's really cool yeah yeah I I think that's great yeah I when I would cover UFC events I would always save uh, my, my lanyards and my credential and then I would hang it up next to like the poster and stuff. That's how I would decorate my little man cave and everything. So you should save that stuff. It is it is a great memory and, and keep saving that stuff. I kind of wish yeah. I had always kept saving my, my credentials and lanyards, but I, I didn't. So now who knows where they are. Probably my parents' <laughs> attic somewhere. Uh, I also Samara, we- have... Oh, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, also is like, there's a poster. I, I think it's down right here, but it was the first poster with my face, like ever on it for a wrestling show. So like that meant a lot awesome. to me too. Like when I saw it, I wanted to cry. I was like, oh my God, no way. Like, like, cause it's crazy to me to see something like that. Like, like I'm on the poster. What? Like, why am I on the poster? 
that's awesome. That, you got to keep yes. stuff like that. That is yeah. awesome. so exciting. Yeah, you definitely do. You definitely do. Samara, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, Samara will be around everywhere in wrestling for the coming year. She's going to probably beat me up and, and take all of my jobs. And she's going to beat up Steven Jensen and take his jobs as well. Uh, let, let everyone know where they can find you at, Samara. Well, first of all, thank you guys so much for having me on. This was like so much fun, and I'm happy you guys asked me to be on. Where you can find me is like on my social media, but most importantly, probably Linktree because it's linked with all my stuff, my YouTube, my Twitter, my Instagram, like everywhere you're going to probably find me on things it is link. Then in tree is like tr.ee slash the it's Samira. You could probably like find it right here. Even with like my Twitter, it's like the link is in the bio. There you go. Again, thank you for, for joining us. Follow all of Samira's work. Go to the it's Samira on Twitter. Yeah, the link tree is in the in the bio, so you can get to the link tree from there. And again, thank you again, Samira. We appreciate it. And guys, we'll be right back here on the spotlight. Appreciate Samira joining us. She is great. Everyone go follow her. Everyone go support her work. Again, it is uh the it's Samira on Twitter. Check out her link tree, all the work she has done. Uh, guys, we'll be back next week with a new episode. I might have a guest host. I'm pretty sure I'll have a guest host. Steven Jensen's uh, has jury duty, so you know, can't get out of that one. Not here in America. Uh, so he's going to be he's gonna be in jury duty, so I'm going to have a guest host. Not sure who it's going to be. I'll figure that out. Uh, everyone can head over to Fightful Overbook. Rob Wilkins and Caden did mid-year awards yesterday. We have a new day after Dynamite uh, today, later on with Will Washington and a guest. I'll do my usual run-in on that for people that in, that enjoy that. Um, yeah, I think I think that's it. I think that's everything. Lambs is back. Everyone saw that. They found Lambs. Tried to silence the Lambs. He's back. He's been found. Uh, guys, we appreciate it. Everyone check out to, to Fightful Select. Check out Fightful Overbooked, Fightful.com. Appreciate all the support. Talk to you all next week. Bye, everybody. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.